Hi, and welcome to Facts and Blog and Podcast. You know, it's no secret that the things that you keep in your gun safe are important. They're valuable. They're things that you want, you need, you need to hold on to, whether it's just your firearms and supplies, or I know a lot of people like to use their gun safes to hold things like tax returns and other important documents, family photos. All of those things are incredibly important. And to help keep better track of it and better maintenance on those items, Lockdown has a series of devices and utilities and tools to help keep those things things that you treasure safe. One of my personal favorites that we actually use here in the office quite a bit uh, around our storage for cameras and lighting and things like that is just one of their dehumidifiers. Now they have lots of other stuff. You may have already heard of the Goldenrod. You've heard a lot of stuff about the Lockdown Puck, uh, which is a smart device to help keep your gun drawer, your safe, your tools, even your wine cellar safe uh, and checking up on the humidity and the atmosphere in those places as well. We did a great episode with Lockdown several weeks back that you could check out at factsandfirearms.com slash blog, where we go through pretty much their entire product line and everything from the Lockdown Puck to dehumidifiers to even things like, you know, storage, rack shelving, things of that variety, keeping your safe, keeping your gun room clean, organized, and protected. And you could even get something like this, one of their room or gun safe dehumidifiers. If you're looking to organize that space in your home, again, whether it's for your gun safe or just anything that you hold valuable, we'd recommend you go to lockdown.com. Hi, and welcome to episode 35 of the Facts and Blogging podcast. We're excited you've joined us today. We have a great show lined up. Hannah Lentz is here from Premier Shooting and Training just down the road from us in Westchester uh, in the greater Cincinnati area. She's going to be talking with us a bit about the ATF. Hannah's going to be walking through with us everything from what ATF compliance looks like for a shooting range and shop like theirs, as well as uh, some of the things that have come up as far as background checks and forms uh, and identification for purchasing a firearm, especially since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, So Hannah has a lot of great insights and she'll also be sharing a bit about what they do at Premier Shooting and Training. Also coming up on Jay's World of Eats at the bottom of the episode, we will be giving away a set of Caldwell Emac Shadows and a Yeti Tumbler. Uh, so make sure you stick around for Jay's World of Eats to figure out all the ways to enter for that as well. So without any further ado, uh, let's turn it over to our conversation with Hannah from Premier Shooting and Training. All right. Well, as promised, Hannah Lentz from Premier Shooting and Training just down the road from us here in Cincinnati is with us today to be talking uh, a little bit about what it's like uh, behind the counter and also handling the ATF because, Hannah, you are the ATF compliance manager for Premier, yeah, is that the correct? ATF um, compliance person and the operations manager. Okay, great. So one of the things that I think uh, happens is we people just see the ATF and it's just like this, it's like the IRS. It's like this big looming monster that nobody really knows everything about, or, uh, you know, there's lots of, you know, rumors and myths and like run-ins just like anybody who's like, Oh, you know, if you do your taxes this way, or if you fill out a form this way, but you know, what role really does the ATF play for a facility like yours where you are a shooting range, but you're also, you do transfers and you do firearm sales, you know, how are they involved in, in your day to day? 
Yeah, honestly, day to day, they're not super involved. I mean, obviously, they want to make sure we have all the firearms that we're supposed to have and make sure that we're following all kinds of procedures. But on a day to day basis, we don't really think too much about it. Yeah, Um, we run, obviously, background checks for every firearm sale so that, you know, they monitor that, but they monitor it remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just it runs through a computer and they check them that way. Yeah, Um, we've only had one inspection and we've only been open five years. So that went pretty well. Um, they check everything for about a year worth of data. And if there's no problems, they're like, okay, you guys are good to go. We don't, we'll see you in another couple of years. Right. Um, the biggest thing that I would say that they check is what's called an ATF trace. And it's just making sure that we're, you know, doing the proper paperwork for a specific, it's like a spot check kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, and it's, it can happen if like a firearm's lost or stolen. So if I lost my firearm and I reported it to Westchester police department, you know, the ATF might need to get involved to make sure that it was legally my firearm in the first place. Right. That kind of thing. And they'll call in a check to Premier and say, hey, did you sell this gun to Hannah on such and such date? She's reported it stolen or something like that. Got it. Got it. So as far as like, you know, you kind of having this dual role with with operations and as well as handling, you know, ATF compliance, you know, what is your day to day? Um, we, you know, with both of the, those things in mind, is it a lot of background checks? I mean, what is like when you come in for the day, what do you, what do you have to do? Yeah. So basically the operations side of the business is just getting the building open. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. ATF wise, it's checking the background checks for the day. So if a customer has a background check and the ATF doesn't give them an answer right away, um, they come back as what's called delayed, which just means that ATF needs to do more research for their background. Um, we use the NICS background check system. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Sure. Um, so if it comes back delayed, we just have to wait a couple business days. But every morning we log in and we check it to see if it came back early or something like that. So that's usually the first step in my day. The next step would be checking all the rental guns and making sure that they're all, you know, where they're supposed to be. Make sure the ones that went out for cleaning have come back. That kind of thing. Got it. Um, and then you also mentioned uh, the the ATF trace. Now, does that does that happen kind of often? Do you, do you have traces come in or, or is it really kind of piecemeal? It's kind of piecemeal, kind of hit or miss. Um, I'd say maybe one a month if I had to put a number to it, but not more than not more than two a month at the absolute most. Yeah. And it also, you, you were nice enough to get me some points uh, ahead of time on some things that, uh, that you have to do. Uh, but one of the pieces of that is doing an inventory. And mm-hmm. I know here as a manufacturer, you know, if we send, um, if we send stuff out to, to a dealer for a show, or if we have something transferred out, like you were saying for cleaning or whatever, I mean, typically we'll do our cleaning here, but you know, we'll send things out for, you know, laser work or Cerakoting, yeah. things like that. What, what all goes in, um, to your inventory process? Because like you said, you have the rental side and you also have, you know, your sales side. So what does that general inventory look like? Yeah. So we do our inventory once a month and it's basically, just counting everything that we're like responsible for. So it's our rentals, um, everything that's for sale, any of our transfers, and then all of our class three items. So the rental case, um, we just count those. We count them every day just to be sure. Um, but then every month, that's part of our inventory technically, even yeah. though they stay there at Premier all the time. Um, so you're just checking all the serial numbers. And basically we use like a little handheld computer, yeah. type in all the serial numbers. And then at the end, it prints a report and it says, hey, 
double check that you still have this one or where's this gun, that kind of thing. And you just go through and, you know, human error. So sometimes we're just yeah. walking through the line. It's like, oh, I just skipped that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you mentioned class three. Now, for the, those who, uh, you know, maybe don't know what would be considered a class three item, what what would those be? Oh, they're NFA items. So they're items that you can't just buy right off the shelf. You've got to go through a little bit bigger background check for, um, fill out some different forms. So silencers, short barrel rifles, those kind of things. Got it. Got it. And do you guys do that on both? Uh, uh, you do that on the rental side too. Is that correct? Do you rent um, those things we've out? Got two short barrel rifles. We don't do suppressors too often. If we have a special event, we pull some out for that. Like if a party's coming in and we've, you know, decided that they want to do that. Right. Um, just for the normal public though. No, just because of how dirty they get and the, price of ammo is pretty expensive to shoot the, you know, the best stuff through them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something that I think is going to be more for our uh, audience is just right now, uh, this has been a recurring topic. It's kind of ironic. We, we started this show in February. And so we got maybe two shows in before the pandemic hit right. and then all the civil unrest stuff. And then the big spike in firearms and ammo sales and all the things that go along with it. And, and part of this as you know, there are so many new gun new owners. Gun owners. Um, now, this wasn't necessarily on on the list, but I know that uh, uh, my coworker here, Kurt, had to go to premiere uh, early in the pandemic because he had ordered something, yeah. and uh, and he, you know, he had just mentioned the amount of people you know, that were there yeah. just like wanting to go to the range and try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, how have you guys been able to handle that and kind of what have some of the processes been as far as, you know, wanting to welcome new people in, but also you, you got to deal with, uh, how many people are allowed in the store during the pandemic. You also have to deal with all the social distancing stuff and whatever else comes down from the governor. So what has that played out like for, uh, for premier? Yeah. So basically, obviously, safety is a huge thing for us, especially with new gun owners that maybe have never shot before at all. Or We had a lot of people buying firearms that had never even picked up a gun before. Right. So we're kind of fighting that uphill battle, being extremely busy, limited on range space because we had to use basically every other lane for a a while. Right. Um, So it was what we kind of created a new thing for us, which is a personal safety officer. So we just kind of schedule with new shooters and then one of our staff takes them out and shoots with them. That way they kind of get more comfortable. They're following all safety rules. We can kind of walk them through it. Yeah. Um, A big thing is we use our rental guns as well. So you're able to try out a bunch of different rental guns before you end up making a purchase. That way you're not stuck in with a gun that, hey, it looks nice, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah, absolutely. So when people are, whether they're first time buyers, or maybe it's their first time buying in the social climate that we're in. And, you know, what are some of the things that, that they can expect? I mean, are you experiencing more delays and background checks? I mean, what, what are some things that, that people may need to be cognizant of when they're making their next, next purchase? So for us personally, we're taking about an hour for gun sales lately. Um, just because the sheer amount of volume, People waiting to pick out a gun off the rack, the whole social distancing thing, the waiting in lines. Um, and then the background checks, they take about 30 minutes typically, but then they could come back delayed after that. So, you know, you could wait in the store for about an hour and then not be able to leave with your gun right then and there and then have to come back in when you get the call back that it is a proceed after the delay. Got it. So what are some of the 
you know, common mistakes that you see when, when people are coming in and whether they're first time gun buyers or if they've done it before, or it's been a while since they've done, you know, all the paperwork, you know, what are some, some common kind of fill out mistakes that you see that people need to be aware of before they, before they come in? So the biggest one is going to be the driver's license thing. A lot of people don't realize they move or, I mean, obviously they realize they move, but don't realize that they didn't update everything. Right. Um, So your address needs to be current on your driver's license for us to be able to use that as ID Mm. to buy a gun. So if you move and you don't update your driver's license or the BMV doesn't print you a new one, we got to have some kind of document that proves where you live, um, that that's your current residence. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the biggest one we see. Now there's a list of supplemental documents that you can get to make that work. Right. Um, but that's probably the biggest one. The next biggest one would probably just not be reading the questions correctly, which we can kind of, I don't want to say guide you through, but we can say, Hey, can you reread number 21 or whatever? Right. Um, but just the, they're, they're really wordy, you know, um, and a lot of big words for people that are, you know, have never done it before might be nervous filling out a form. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. That is something that I think is quite interesting. And we've had, uh, had him on a couple of times. He'll be joining us again, Dan Zimmerman from the truth about guns. And then we've had Sean Maloney from uh, second call defense, you know, both gr- uh, a great, uh, news mind for two a and a great legal mind for two a. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on the show before is that a lot of first time gun buyers who maybe in the past thought, you know, that kind of went with the crowd and thought, oh, well, it's so easy to get a gun. And that's why we yeah. have gun violence and everything. And they're realizing, uh, and, and I think we're kind of lucky in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we, you know, we get a lot, um, we get a lot more out of our two A rights than maybe, you know, folks in California or Maryland oh, or sure. whatever. But I think people are, are starting to realize more, Hey, there, there's more that goes into this. If I'm going to go buy a gun from a reputable dealer, you know, not just like, hawk something or buy something get a trade or a swap show or something like that that there's more that goes into it have you witnessed people that have been kind of like perked up by that like oh gosh i didn't know there was so much that i had to do paperwork and documentation and all this for sure going back to the whole driver's license thing they're like well i updated it with the bmv why isn't this okay well i don't know that you've updated with the bmv so like i just need you know and they don't understand why it's such a big deal for that um and then they're like what do you mean you're delayed yeah i mean that's just how it works sometimes like i don't have any control over it yeah um so i think that's kind of a shock to people yeah like you were saying they think you can just walk in walk out well sometimes you definitely can um especially if you have your ccw because as long as it's new enough that counts as your background check Mm. so you get your new ccw you've got your driver's license all current walk in walk out but background checks can be delayed and then just with the sheer volume of gun sales there's just not enough people to keep up on top of it. So I think that's why we're seeing some of the delays. Yeah. And I mean, from, from the back end, you know, it's like you were talking about having things in your inventory, you know, for ATF compliance. And it's kind of like the laundry list of, of here's the stuff that you're responsible for, Yeah. you know, and I, I think sometimes people don't realize, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like buying, a, you know, a guitar or something that has a a serial number where once it leaves the store, it didn't get assigned to anybody. I mean, that serial number, that gun is then registered to you, you know, that is like you're, you're doing the transfer because it comes, you know, like if, if we do, if we sell something to you as premier for you guys to sell, you know, we transfer it from us to you and then you have to do whoever, you know, transfer it out to, you know, whomever you're going to send it to or sell it to. Right. 
Right. So basically, that's kind of how the tracing thing works. So they would. So if Faxon manufactured the firearm, they would call you guys first, and then you would look at your bound book and say, "Oh, you know, on such and such date, we transferred that to Premier." Then they would call us at Premier and say, "Faxon said they sent this to you on this date. Did you receive it?" Then who did you sell it to? And then we go through that whole trace. That's kind of how it they back end into it. Right, right. Yeah, lots, lots of moving parts. It's not, uh, it's not like we sold it. It's out in the wild, wild world. You right. know, there's, there's you a lot more. be responsible for them. Right. There's a, a, a lot more going on there. Now you did say here, um, you know, about the expired driver's licenses and 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 CCW permits that are happening right now because of the uh, delays due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And there have been grace periods extended for that. I I know that uh, even license plate registration tags, you know, there's, there's a grace period on, um, have, have you seen more CC, like CCWs getting updated as time goes on? Has that kind of started to uptick a little bit? Yeah. So the the grace period did work for us personally. Premier couldn't accept them because our system doesn't like it. Our system won't let you put in an expired driver's license because it's like, hey, whoa, you're making a mistake. So we couldn't accept them, which was kind of frustrating from some of our customers because like legally it was okay, but for us it wouldn't work. Um, But now pretty much everyone's mostly caught up, you know, because they're starting to open back up a little bit. Um, CCW appointments are extremely uh, hard to come by from right now, from what I can tell. Um, We're filling all of our classes on the weekends, but then people can't get in until like December, January timeframe to get their actual license. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. I mean, the uptick, not just in sales, but since you are a training facility too, uh, which is great to see that, that people want to get trained and whether it's for CCW or just basic firearm safety, you know, that, uh, you know, that they're not taking it lightly, that they're moving into it. It, Again, there is the frustration because there's only so much you can do and so many classes you could offer in so many hours in a day. Uh, But, you know, it is it is nice to see that that people are, are, uh, you know, taking that to heart. Um, What is this new form that started in uh, you said that started in the month of May? What, What was that? It's still so it's basically the same form it's still a 4473 what you have to fill out to buy a gun they just rearranged the form a little bit um the questions stayed the same but it's just a different order and i think they tried to make it more user friendly um so that the questions are mostly the same you've got a couple different like blocks that break it out a little bit so you know what you're answering a little bit easier and then the biggest thing was the firearm information is now on the front page with the customer information so when you're flipping through as like you know, me checking all the forms, I can see the firearm section and the customer name right there instead of having to flip through all three pages to try and get all the information I normally need. Gotcha. Gotcha. And same thing, even if it is supposed to be more user friendly, if somebody's used to filling out the one form oh, one way, you yeah. know, they gotta, you gotta pay attention to, uh, to what you're, what you're, uh, reading and writing there. Um, now th- there's a question that's on those forms. Uh, have you ever seen people say, yes, I'm a fugitive of justice? Like That's this. our biggest, like, what do you mean? Do people actually answer that? I mean, every, almost every gun sale that I do for a new customer, they're like, do people actually answer yes for a fugitive to justice? And I usually say, well, yeah, that's why we have Westchester on speed dial. Yeah. You yeah. Just say, Hey, we got one. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they filled it out. That's pretty great. Um, and then just in general with the delay in, in the status of background checks, um, I mean, is, is, do you see like an uptick in percentages just with, with how many people like, you know, is it 
one out of every 10 people that comes in? Is it five out of every 10 people that comes in? Or, you know, what do you um, think the uptick has been? I'd say it's more like on the time of the day kind of thing, because, you know, all the gun stores are all trying to use the same background check thing. So when people more often come in, you know, one, two, three o'clock time frame, then closer to the end of the day, we're seeing more delays then. And then on the weekends, we see a lot of delays. I think it's just because of the number of Gun, gun background checks going through the system all at one time. Yeah, and I, I think some of the data that was released last week, I mean, sales were, you know, uh, up over 130 percent um, year over year. And and uh, a couple of months ago, Pat, our director of sales, Kurt and myself did a, uh, uh, a webinar with Expert Voice. And, and one of the things that came up was by July, you know, there had already been more background checks from January to July for firearms in the United States than there were in the entirety of, of 2019, huh. uh, which is just mind blowing, boggling, right? Just totally mind boggling. But with that, since you are more than just a gun store, I mean, why don't you just uh, tell our audience a bit about Premier and how you guys started out and kind of what are the things, what are the things that you offer at your facility? Yeah. So we started out as a family business. So it's me, my dad and my grandma. My grandpa also manages it from down in Florida. So that's pretty cool. Um, we just kind of started out as an idea. Like, hey, my dad used to teach CCW all the time. And he just got kind of tired of moving around, like going yeah. to different ranges. He wanted his own and his yeah. own classroom, that kind of thing. So basically the idea was you got to have the gun range to drive the business in. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but we're really about the training. And then here recently, we're moving into the membership kind of thing because of the whole the covid social distancing we've really promoted you know getting our members in right, right. obviously we're open to the public but we've got to you know limit the amount of people in the building well we wanted to give our members the chance to use the facility we didn't want to exclude them so we re really are focusing on the memberships now yeah um, and all the memberships include the the free shooting range free rentals um you're able to use the fishing lake as well I don't know if people know that, but oh, we do have a lake behind hey, the building. There you um, go. <laughs> so that's kind of new and cool. Um, but yeah, it's just obviously open to the public, but really focusing on the training and the membership side. Yeah, I think that's been interesting. I think there's been like a, a bit of a, an uptick in like the whole club membership thing and, and multiple realms, you know, like you see like this uptick in even like cigar lounges and things yeah. now and things that are just kind of for whatever reason there's been this pendulum swing of you know used to be oh well i could do everything at home i don't want to pay for all these subscriptions and i'll just pay piecemeal to kind of i don't know if it's because we, we live in the netflix generation and we're just more used to monthly subscriptions yeah. and everything now but you know I, I do find it interesting how many more gun rages are doing you know, long-term memberships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, cause I remember I, I, when I lived in Columbus, there was a range and I think like the only thing you got for a membership was you didn't have to watch the safety video every time. And, you know, huh. you got to go in like an hour early or so. I mean, it was, it right. was kind of limited. Like it didn't seem like very, Ooh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm member. a member. I get <laughs> special treatment. Now, uh, Hannah, before we wrap up, how could people find out more about, uh, about premier and all the services that you offer is the best place that they could get information? Um, probably our website, premiershoot.com. And then Kelly is our uh, membership lady. She does great stuff. Her email is uh, kelly.w at premiershoot. She'd be able to answer any kind of membership questions or event questions. And you do all 
different types of training there, right? What are some of the classes that that are offered? We have basically a little bit of everything. So basic firearm stuff to I've never held a gun before or all the way up to, hey, I want to train every day kind of thing. We also have a martial arts side. So if you're not into the whole firearms thing or you want to do unarmed training, we have that as well. Very good. All right. So make sure you check out Premier Shooting and Training, especially if you're in the greater Cincinnati area. They are just down the road from our new facility here in Westchester. So Hannah, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. I think it goes without saying that uh, pretty much every gun owner has their favorite tools, their favorite things that they like to keep in their range bag or at their workbench. Uh, And it's no secret for us that the Wheeler Fat Wrench is one of those. We have several of these up in our assembly area with our armory technicians and it's because it's a simple great device uh, that can be used in multiple applications it's an adjustable torque wrench in a screwdriver type fashion with a series of bits that'll help you with everything from rifle takedown to scope mounting and everything in between fantastic tool Uh, so if you haven't checked these out you could go to wheelertools.com and they're available in a ton of places including amazon.com but make sure you check it out, especially if you're looking for that one missing piece for your workbench or you want to give it to a uh, new gun owner to help set up their range bag. Definitely a great choice. Again, check out our friends at wheelertools.com and take a look at the fat wrench. For those of you who have been watching the podcast for a while, you may know that uh, we had Ryan Donahue from Crimson Trace on for one of our episodes to talk all things optics and red dots and some of the exciting things that CT has coming up. But I just wanted to share one of my personal favorite products of theirs, and that is their Railmaster Pro, the CMR204. So not only is it a tactical light, it's also a laser, and it has all of the industry-proven technology that Crimson Trace has been known for for so many years. But they're not just limited to things like lights and lasers. They've made a big splash in the electro-optics game, whether it's looking at something like a traditional rifle scope or maybe even their new battle optic, which you may or may not have seen in some TV shows and movies recently, they have a lot to offer. So obviously you're gonna be seeing some more stuff uh, of Crimson Trace popping up with us here at Facts and Firearms. You may have even seen it uh, staged on our limited edition Mustang rifle that came out in the spring of 2020. Again, lots of cool stuff from them, just like the CMR204 or anything in their Railmaster series. We would encourage you to check them out at crimsontrace.com. Welcome back to another installment of Jay's World of Eats. Uh, again, playing with the setup all the time, just changing know, things it's on you. It's really got to throw me off every week here, making Dustin. You, making you all uncomfortable. Uh, but uh, this week, uh, the segment is brought to you by our friends at Caldwell. We're going to be giving away another pair of Caldwell Emac Shadows, active uh, noise cancellation, not only earbuds, but also ear protection uh, for the shooting range, or even if you're just working with tools, working in the garage, that kind of thing. They're excellent. Take calls, listen to music, and protect your hearing at the same time, as well as a Caldwell Yeti Tumbler. Uh, so you can find all of the information on how to enter for that at factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on episode 35. Mm, very nice, Dustin. Yes. Sounds like a great prize. Mm, it's a fantastic prize. Yeah, fantastic. 35. Number 35. Mm. Man, nice. We're getting up there. Nice. 35 weeks of podcast, man. Yeah, it's a... Plus a couple extra ones in there. It's a rough schedule there, you know. I mean, 
Got to get keep it up. Got to feed the beast. Yeah, right. right. Which feed the beast? Excellent uh, yeah. segue into <laughs> Man, what we're going to really get are into. On, uh, I am working on the segues. <laughs> on the segues, uh, <laughs> not the scooters. Um, Ooh, yeah. Which at this new facility, since we're all on one floor, you know that that, that was a big thing about moving here. You know, shipping and assembly finished goods, that was all on the second level. So there was a yeah. lot of forklift action going on in between things and taking stuff up and taking stuff down. You know, Ryan and those guys were on the forklift all the time. They could be on Segways instead. Now they could be on Segways. You know, there was a guy when I lived downtown. Yeah. Uh, one of the neighborhood folk who had a uh, Segway and he would take his Segway to bars on the weekend. Nice. And well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> and you'd see him on the way home from the bars with his Segway, and it was a uh, kind of wobbling. It's a little alarming. <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's I a mean, little alarming. Better than driving, but uh, <laughs> still, probably yeah, not a not, lot better, I think, not. for him anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jay, you spent a lot of time living downtown, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah, we. Uh, Lived downtown for yeah close to a decade. I mean, yeah, something like that. Yeah, very cool. If you're familiar yeah. with the uh, poshy and or scary parts of town <laughs> that then became gentrified uh, in the greater Cincinnati region, Jay knows all about it. Yeah, right. We we I think lived down there both before and after uh, they transitioned from uh you know scary to uh yeah to nice before and after nick lachey had a bar down there <laughs> <laughs> nick lachey you mean nick lachey yeah yeah mr 98 yeah, degrees yeah, it isn't lachey it's, it's definitely lachey <laughs> did i ever tell you about that no no okay i'm not going to but uh it's it's most certainly lachey <laughs> it was never lachey well Google that Nick yeah, Lachey yeah, yeah. and his brother or cousin, whatever, Cincinnati. <sighs> also, right. Ron Isley from Cincinnati, yeah. the Isley brothers. Yeah, the Isley brothers. There's tons of great stuff down here, yeah. tons of history. Right. All yeah. right, Jay. Enough dilly daddling. <laughs> You're trying to rush it through this week, Dustin. <laughs> we got a quota. Yeah, you know? Let's go ahead and. Uh, I'm nervous by the one snack. The first, yeah. the one yeah. closest to me looks pretty good. The first snack is going to be pretty good. Uh, second snack, we will see. I have yet to try the second snack. Oh, really? This is, is this a, another Ryan? This is a Ryan Brun uh, snack that everybody seems to like here, but I waited on trying them until we were on the air. So, uh, you know, we <laughs> well. can both accept experience this at the same time awesome <laughs> yeah right. that's what i like to hear all right so what do you got up well, first so uh the first snack here Ooh, I, don't, I don't berries. even know what camera here i'm facing between those two uh, well you know haribo berries mm -hmm. so we were talking last week about gummies gummy yes. treats mm -hmm. and texture right and uh haribo berries are I think my favorite gummy texture treat. Okay. You know, it's a black or red raspberry uh, flavor. And they can have like these little hard candies on the outside to sort of Mimic simulate seeds, you know, the um, blackberry seeds, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think they're a nice, nice, you know, 
gummy center, you know, with sort of interesting texture on them. You could smell the sugar, which oh, is yeah. always good. Yeah, mm. and the artificial uh, yeah. berry flavor, which yeah. I don't think goes well with chocolate. We have established. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's sort of, they're sort of fun to eat. They're like those, um, what are those things called at, um, movie theater, the like snow caps or something, the like yeah. chocolates with yeah, the like, snow caps. yeah. Yeah, with the little frosted uh, mm -hmm. sprinkle thingies on the bottom. Yeah, right. Mm. Naturally and artificially flavored. And artificially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that should be in bold, probably. Picked, picked mostly artificially um, with this little yellow bear guy. You know, I'm a big fan of Haribo gummies in general. I think they have uh, pretty interesting varieties. You know, it's, I think they got the corner on the market. Right. You got like the twin cherries and, you know, the gold bears and you know, mm -hmm. the, the snakes, the like sour and sweet snake thing. Right. The fruit punch. I don't know if you've ever had the fruit punch. It's um, it's big, like fruit shaped, uh, you know, dusted in sugar sort of gummies. Uh, they're pretty good. That's where it's at. Yeah. Now, before we um, move to the snack that is literally scaring me, um, <laughs> we need to set up our time to do the Geta mm -hmm. because I feel like fall time in Geta meld pretty well oh yeah for for me because again like not being a cincinnati native when my wife and i were dating you know she's from here and the first time i had get it was with her folks and it was around the holidays so like yeah. now like i associate get with like fall time and christmas and yeah. i have had get stuffing at thanksgiving oh, man fantastic what do we need here to make that happen well, so you need a double boiler, okay. which is, um, you know, sort of important in the oat cooking process. Um, there are a couple of different ways to make getta and the, the more traditional, um, or the more typical one you would see like a Gleer's gutta, you know, which is a, a brand here, um, treat the gutta sort of like, um, sort of like a processed meat, uh, dish where you actually uh, end up with a finished product that has already been pre-cooked. Mm -hmm. Um, my family recipe, uh, is a raw dish. So, um, it requires cooking the, the oats and whatnot, onions and, you know, things, but then it's mixed in with raw meat. And then from that point you fry it up. So, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're sort of, sort of different styles of get but my family's one, yeah. um, doesn't require the like slow cooker step that most people do with the meat. Right. So, um, you know, really I think a, um, some sort of like burner, right. double boiler, get a skillet. Burner, double, double boiler in here. I feel like maybe we should bring uh, Britt on for this, uh, segment cause she loves the get too. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And she I did. think, uh, you know, Britt's a pretty great cook. Yeah. You know, she's, she's, um, She's really into it, and I think she does a pretty great job. So uh, I think, you know, Especially little, as we, little cooking show yeah, segment. As once we go into the holidays, gosh, like a uh, facts and feast episode, I think oh, that would yeah. be fantastic. Little family recipes. Maybe when we do our hunting stuff this year. Oh, yeah. If Pat gets a deer while yeah, we're out absolutely. filming, maybe bring some of that in here, do some prep. 
Yeah. I'm sure yeah, everybody would be thrilled uh, if we bring some more dead animals in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, some sort of game meat section. Mm-hmm. Totally into a uh, cooking show transition, Dustin. <laughs> let's get away from guns. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just, just talk. Some... Let's talk food and food and stuffs. Yeah, right. Uh, Pat did say that one week while you're out, he's going to barge in and do Pat's world of meats. <laughs> So we have Jay's World of Meats. He he uh he commented on your uh <laughs> on your heretic communistic foods or whatever he said. <laughs> uh, wiped his face, said something about Pat's World of Meats. Pat's anyway, World of Meats, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah that'll be coming soon. Yeah, he's he's been real happy about him. So happy with himself about his uh new smoker. His new smoker. So yeah. uh yeah, he's he's been a real smug uh yeah, well, you know, and actually lately. here's an easy plug. Segue. Mm. Uh, expert voice. Expert voice. We are on expert voice. If we you are. are not, uh, fam- you know, uh, if you haven't checked the platform out for a while, you know, if you're uh, law enforcement, military, work at a select number of other brands or retailers that are s- kind of in that outdoor shooting sports uh, space. Uh, we did a whole episode with uh, the VP of sales from expert voice a while back, and we are on that platform. Yeah. So you can uh, go on there, get some training on our brand um, and take a couple little quizzes and then you could actually get discounts uh, through our website and some of the other brands that are on there includes where Pat got his grill, which would be camp chef. Yeah. Camp chef. And uh, because we are kind of in that same outdoorsy thing with them, he took his expert voice quizzes on that. Yeah. He got himself a nice camp chef girl. So if you haven't checked out uh, uh, Facts and Firearms on Expert Voice or you want to see if you uh, qualify to be part of that program, uh, just go to expertvoice.com and, and look for Facts and Firearms. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. I think I've tampered myself enough. Let's all right. go and take a look at these. So, Can I tell you that the anatomy of these are making me uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I'm sort of with you on that. It's um, I don't like it when my food has tails. Right, they look a little like some sort of creature, uh, like a tadpole. Yeah, like a tadpole. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Or something right. else that I won't say on the air. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something. Uh-huh. Uh, so these are from uh, Ryan Brun, mm-hmm. uh, head of shipping. Uh, bearded, bearded Ryan who brought in the rosemary dog biscuits uh, a couple of weeks back. That's right. He uh, looks yeah. like the fourth member is Easy Top. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully he'll, um, hopefully he'll win back some points on this one because <laughs> the uh, dog biscuits were fairly dry, <laughs> um, uh, as, as they are. Um, so these are filthy brand, filthy peppers, olives. Pepper stuffed olives. Okay. I think they uh, are supposedly spicy. I told you my olive story. When I was very young, my biological father told me he was giving me a grape (laughs) and gave me a green olive instead. And I have had a horrible association with green olives ever since. Because if you are expecting a grape and you eat a green olive... 
And you're a kid. And you're a child <laughs> with all those like overactive taste buds. That's you know incredible. what I mean? You know, like as you age, your taste age and you need some different, you know, your palate opens up. Kids, it's either it's sweet, it's salty, it's savory. Those are like the only things you want. Oh, and, God. And then you get whatever the heck an olive is. <laughs> it's a green olive. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, it was bad. God, what a monster. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to use that sometime on on an offspring yeah. or a small child at a yeah, family small gathering. Child, some, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> All right, let's go All ahead and right. dive into it. Let's move this microphone. I also think it's something about aged produce type items. Like I could get down with pickles and stuff like that, but something that just like, hey, you let this sit in vinegar for five and a half years, still good. Like it's like, yeah, really? Are you sure? Uh, yeah, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's uh, you know, it's a little tadpoleish, the green sort of, you know, <laughs> so like that amphibian, uh, yeah. amphibian tinge to it. This, yeah, this is questionable. Yeah, the the pepper looks menacing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Know. yeah, very menacing. <laughs> Uh, I think the last time we ran our numbers, I want to say our podcast audience, even though, you know, between all the platforms for, for video, we, you know, we do pretty well. Like if you were to just like look at YouTube alone, you might be like, oh, what are these guys doing? But you look at all the different platforms and everything and, and, you know, it's been wonderful. The audience has really taken to it, but most of our audience is still audio. Um, and I somehow, Man. I don't think they're, if you are listening to this in your car or whatever, you gotta you, watch the video. You should this watch the video. Uh, you know? <laughs> we'll, we'll try to, it's kind of <laughs> like the SNL, uh, sweaty. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Whoa, that's spicy as hell. That's pretty hot and vinegary. Oh, right. Uh, okay, I don't like uh, olives to begin with. And these are like some sort of weird behemoth olive. Now all the juices are on my hands. I have to go out to one of the eyewash stations and just go nuts. Whoa. That is, that's a lot of burn. That's really spicy. Yeah, and I like spicy stuff, but I think somewhere between all the vinegar and the olives. Yeah, the vinegar just doesn't do anything to calm down. This or my my glasses are fogging. I think. Oh. Uh. Whew. Have a gummy. Yeah. Yeah. Knock that out. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, thank you. I think. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> thank you very Ooh. little. Oh man. Well, um, we're gonna, we're gonna have to maybe make a list of people we don't accept any more <laughs> snacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's gonna be Whoa. sitting in his office watching this on Friday, just like yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Whoo, that is good stuff. All right. Well, we definitely need to figure out uh, the grand uh, cooking segments for Thanksgiving. Yeah, get cooking some getting stuff on there. Little uh, home for the holidays, like the Food Network does. Mm -hmm. You know where they do all the 
Are you a posh downtown living mm. young Jay Wilson? I make some good is, Brussels sprouts too. Dozen, yeah. We have a picture of that. Mm. <laughs> I'll look. Okay. Uh, or like, you know, they like they try to gear those shows to like different demographics. You know, like, have you yeah, ever noticed right. that? Like some of the cooking shows that are like on... Like in the lead up to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Right. And it's all like, are you a downtown hipster? Here's <laughs> how to make your meal that all your friends will love. Are you, you know? incredibly lazy? <laughs> yeah. Here's a 30-minute meal. Are you worthless? 30-minute one-pot meal. Yeah, exactly. Would you like to... Have you seen the things where they make an entire Thanksgiving dinner in the dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing. This is a random stream of consciousness, but that just popped into my head. Uh, wonderful word association. You wrap it in like, you know, freezer bags and stuff like that. And you make like yeah. the entire thing in your dishwasher. Right, sounds delicious. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> like, like some steamed. Uh, right. The family <laughs> gathered around as you pop open the dishwasher and like unload some Tupperwares and the turkey. <laughs> I, I also think you have that deal where like, where like, uh, are you like, you have rinse aid and stuff in there. Like, how do you, how do, you do you like deep right. clean your dishwasher beforehand? Put it on the pots and pans. If uh, you have ever, setting. if you have ever made dinner in the dishwasher, oh, please, please email us. Yeah, please I need, email. I need to know how that turned out. But there's mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. But yeah, like, are you a? Oh my gosh, I have you know, eleven phones. You right know, now. Dustin, rookie. <laughs> I know, amateur hour. Amateur have, hour. We, uh, with our phone system here, rings my desk phone, both mm -hmm. cell phones, and my iPad. You know, have you ever seen those, uh, back to the dishwasher? Yeah, back to the dishwasher. Those, uh, moonshine makers who, uh, take jars of moonshine and put, like, uh, Jolly Ranchers in them or something and put them in the dishwasher to melt the Jolly Rancher into the moonshine? Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of cool. Although it reminds me of like when Zima was still a thing and people would just throw a Jolly Rancher in a Zima. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the, the thing with the moonshine stuff, though, and I believe this was Brian Regan, the stand-up comic, had brought this up. So this is not necessarily my own thought, but I do agree. Remember they did that Moonshiner show? I don't know if it's still long. You remember that? They did like a reality show and... I don't really have a TV, Dustin. Okay. So there was this show, Jay. It's on a television, you know, invented back in the 30s, became pretty widespread in the 50s. Um, they, uh, they, they have these moonshiner shows, and they're still, like, out in the woods, make moonshine like it's illegal. And it's like, you know, prohibition ended a long time ago. Like, you don't need to be, like, you know, worried about... Uh, Worried about the, the I think the, they're just the dodging taxes. You know, at this point, I think how you dodge like your taxes? You're on TV. Yeah, I'll <laughs> sign up to do this show. <laughs> well, but yeah. don't tell the federales where I'm at. Yeah, it's right. like, well, come on, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it probably doesn't. Yeah, but yeah. moonshine, get a Thanksgiving yeah. dinner in the dishwasher. Yeah, we probably need a dishwasher for the get a segment. <laughs> is that is that your old family recipe? Old family your, recipe. Your great 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 grandfather's yeah. just like get a box that shoots hot water. <laughs> yeah, and cook up the meats. 
Good stuff. Set to pots and pans. Set to pots and pans. You want that yeah. heavy rinse. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Well, lots of fun, lots of laughs. Thanks for joining us uh, this uh, this week for Jay's World of Eats. Uh, we do have uh, other great guests lined up for the podcast. Obviously, this week we have Hannah Lentz talking all things ATF from Premier Shooting and Training just down the road. Uh, uh, great uh, insights. If you haven't caught that segment of the show, make sure you do. Next week, very exciting double guests uh dan zimmerman uh, from the truth about guns as well as sean maloney from second call defense will be back joining us uh we're going to be talking some hypotheticals you know what does the outcome of the election mean for the firearms industry and for gun owners in general uh then we're also going to have the guys from aim surplus are going to be on the show after that and uh we also have uh the senior curator from the nra museum coming on after that uh lots of fun stuff leading up into our coup de gras of thanksgiving cooking show yeah, at right, the facts and facility. Right. obviously <laughs> obviously way more important than any of these other guests them. you have on yeah we stack them let's yeah. talk politics <laughs> right. atm let's talk uh let's talk american you know, history but the viewers know what's important dustin yeah and the ratings speak for themselves. Yeah, ratings speak for, yeah. Speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, don't forget to uh, enter into the giveaway for the Caldwell Emac Shadows and Yeti Tumblr. You could go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on episode 35 uh, to find all of the ways to enter. If you're looking to up your game for gun cleaning and maintenance, you have to check out the Tipton Ultra Gun Vice. Uh, this thing is amazing. It's incredibly modular, uh, pretty lightweight, but really, really heavy duty, all the way down to the steel tube frame. All these different modular pieces and parts, even the accessory trays are solvent resistant, and uh, they have excellent gripping pads to make sure that you don't scrape up the gun that you're working on. They even work on things like crossbows, so if you want some Something that's going to be the one-stop vice for all of your gun cleaning and maintenance needs. You definitely need to check them out. Uh, you could head to tiptonclean.com to check out all the specs, all the reviews, see some more photos uh, of this vice in action. And we're actually going to be using this particular one for some research and development projects uh, for some new products from Faxon coming up soon, and we're excited to share both those products and the footage of the testing with you. Uh, so again. Visit tiptonclean.com and check out the Ultra Gun Vice. Thank you for tuning in for episode 35. We hope you enjoyed the show. As always, we would love to hear from you. If you have some questions or some guest suggestions that you would like to get on air, please email us at podcast at factsandfirearms.com. Also, if you are interested in uh, winning the Caldwell Emac Shadows and Yeti Tumblr that you saw on Jay's World of Eat, uh, please go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on episode 35 for all of the different ways to enter. As always, we would love for you to subscribe to the show on your favorite platform, uh, whether that's video platform like YouTube and Vimeo and all of our social channels, uh, but also on your favorite podcasting app. So we are on Apple uh, Podcasts, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Uh, so make sure you check us out there, subscribe, uh, hit that review button. And uh, we love hearing from you and we love uh, growing this audience. So make sure you check that out. Thank you again for watching and we'll see you next week. Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome. The Facts and Blog and Podcast. <laughs>